0: Well hello, I'm Susanna Constantine and this is my wardrobe malfunction The podcast that's about clothes in pretty much the same way that Jaws was about a shark If that makes any sense This is our 17th Zoom episode and our first episode of season 4 It was recorded during lockdown in July 2020, so apologies for the dodgy sound But by the end of this season it finally gets much better You can also find this episode as a video version on our website at mywardmail.com. If you've joined us before, you'll know all about our pyjama party where we talk about your clothing calamities. Please email your stories to help at mywardmail.com. And do subscribe, give us a five-star review, and follow us on the usual socials at mywardmail. This week's special guest is the wonderful cleric, broadcaster and former communard, Reverend Richard Coles. What a heavenly human being. I just love talking to him so much and really hope you enjoy hearing it too. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors and find out what's inside. Oh, Richard, it's so lovely and exciting to meet well, you're you. you're very kind. Having read up quite a lot about you, of course I knew you by reputation and kind of this extraordinary life that you've you've led, but I just, having known that and known you were in the communards and I never can say goodbye, and then to see you there with your dog collar, is just, it's the most extraordinary thing.
1: I, mean, it, I suppose it seems like that to other people, but to me it's just, yeah, it's just what yeah. happened. So my, my CV, I wrote, I attempted to submit my CV for something recently and the woman said, this looks like the work of a fantasist. <laughs> um, and it does look like the work of a fantasist, but it is actually true. Um, it just i seemed to have I don't know, made some surprising twists and turns, well, surprising to other people, not to me. I mean, I I started off as a chorister when I was a boy, Mm. so I sort of ended up where I began. Yeah. And I'm living now four miles from where I grew up, so maybe um, it's just a return to origins.
0: Yeah. Um, Richard, how's your lockdown been? Well,
1: um, of course, the circumstances that led to it are terrible, and we've not been untouched by it here or or personally. Mm. But I've actually really liked it because... I've done something which I haven't really done before and that's nothing. Mm. That beautiful, lovely spring, April, May, I sat in the garden on a beanbag with the dogs scampering at my feet, watching the birds and the bees and the lilac come and the roses come and the wisteria come and it was so beautiful and I realised that I just needed to do nothing for a while. So that was an unexpected pleasure. We're in East Dean. Okay. Um, so, just about three miles from each yeah. floor, just behind Beachy Head. Anyway, I digress. I'm very excited about it because I've only, we've only, in fact, I saw the house last week and um, offer accepted.
0: Yeah. Well, knowing your um, your upbringing, I feel just a tiny bit alarmed about Beachy Head because you had, when you, after you came out um, to your mother singing, what was
1: it? Tom
0: Robinson, sing if I'm glad to be, yeah. Yeah. What made you feel so depressed after that, having, you know, gone through that um, momentous event of, of telling your parents, why did it hit you so hard
1: afterwards? Well, I think it was actually a consequence of everything that had been uh, not really acknowledged beforehand. And so sort of coming out to my, to my parents and my friends and family uh, kind of released a whole load of stuff that kind of jumped on me unexpectedly. And I think like lots of people who have had to live clandestine lives, you keep that stuff kind of banked down. And when you finally do releases, it comes in a rush. And it set off all sorts of death charges, actually. Which, but you were
0: um, young, weren't you, when you came out? How old
1: 16. Are you? Well, I've been at an old boys English public school okay. where if you had been known to be gay, you would have not uh, enjoyed the admiration and respect of your peers, I suspect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm probably thinking much more cool. I keep bumping into people I was at school with you know, who are now gay, and I yeah. didn't realise. And say, how the hell did you not realise? I just didn't see it. Yeah. But anyway.
0: Yeah, the pressure of the pressure of of not being yourself is very hard. I think also I was a
1: bit of a drama queen, really, mm. and uh kind of always experienced life as a drama for good and for ill, and sometimes it was comedy and sometimes it was tragedy. I guess.
0: Yeah. I was just wondering uh, during lockdown, I mean, how have you conducted your services and everything in your parish or weddings? Well, I suppose there haven't been any weddings, but funerals, what have you done? How does that work?
1: Well, the funerals have been either graveside or at the crematorium and under very strictly controlled um, circumstances. And of course, it being a pandemic, which has been, a cause of a lot of deaths, um, we've had a lot of funerals. So that's been mm. busy. Um, weddings are all postponed and they're all going to come in a rush in September now so mm-hmm. I'm going to stink of orange blossom for the whole of the York probably, property and then we, we've just engaged with the community in a different way so we've had stuff online we've had stuff on social media we started the support team here in the community to make sure that everybody in the parish is looked after and that's worked really really well mm-hmm. um, so we've actually been very active very busy um, what's not what I've not had with a kind of endless meetings i mean zoom obviously i've done quite a bit of zooming as i'm sure you have but i've got for a friend of mine's a lawyer and he's been doing 15 zoom meetings a day and he's about lost his reason it was yeah. very fragile to begin with <laughs> but, but that
0: uh, but it is no my husband's the same he's literally he's on from eight in the morning till six seven at night one after the other and yeah. when you're zooming you don't have the kind of grace of going from one meeting to another by the tube, taking a bath, walking, whatever it is. It's just, yeah. you have no time to breathe.
1: Yeah. Okay. And I think, I mean, fortunately, I'm not very important. And if I were important and I had to have 15 meetings a day like my friend, I don't know how I would do it. It's that decompression, isn't it? Between yes,
0: exactly um well I, I, I couldn't do it I could not do it but going on to cheerier times well in your case cheerier I don't know if it was my finest moment but st- strictly I have to mention strictly because you and I share something with that because you got I think the lowest mark in the Paso Doble and I got the lowest score in the Foxtrot
1: Oh, but that was such a nightmare, the Foxtrot, wasn't it? I mean, I was in only for five minutes, so I didn't have to do well, So but... No,
0: but I beat you because I went out first and you went out second.
1: I watched it, actually, and I, thought, and I sort of wondered <laughs> who, was going to, who was going to get it. But didn't you find dancing terribly hard? I did, I much harder did. than I thought.
0: Do you know what? I've never been so frightened in my entire life, and I've done some pretty frightening things in my life, and I've never been so scared.
1: See, I wasn't frightened at all. But as my mother said to me, maybe you should have been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I had a whale at a time and I honestly thought I'd be good. Did
0: you? Get, you were so, <laughs> so deluded.
1: So deluded. I really, really thought I'd be good. And I took it very seriously and sort of like you do when you're with your partner. Di my' Michael, it's absolutely yeah, adorable. Yeah, he's lovely, yeah. Um, you sort of adopt a kind of professionalism yourself because you have to. But I couldn't put one foot in front of the other. I just couldn't get it. And poor old Di, she had to revise down with every go her expectations. Whatever. And in the end, I mean, just if I could walk on stage, that
0: was great. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly the same. <laughs> I thought I would be. I mean, we went. We did this thing where, you know, in when we were rehearsing, which. I found out, I was with Anton, and we were doing probably max about four hours a day. That was on a good day. Otherwise, about three in between wafer, vanilla waffle biscuits and cups of tea. And then I found out that everyone else was doing between 12 and 14 hours a day. Anyway, mm-hmm. irrespective, my dancing would not have improved if I'd done, been you know dancing that long. But I thought I was quite good, and I was going, she said, Anton, you know, I am I mean did you see that? That was actually quite good. And he went, Susanna, that was fucking hideous. (laughs) I love Anton. (laughs) And I looked and I genuinely thought and I came back home, I remember (laughs) coming back home and I said to my husband, I said, You know what? Um, Estee, I think I found something that I'm I'm quite good at. I, th- I think I think I'm going to do really well in this competition, sure. and I mean del- delusional delusional
1: yeah, utterly delusional in my case, and did you, I had the thing when I got canned, I don't think it's betraying too much of a secret to say that um, the result show is filmed immediately after the actual show, so come Saturday night, you know you've been canned, but nobody else knows until mm. sunday on the the Sunday following me being canned, I had to go and do a a, a thing at a literary festival, and there was a queue <laughs> of people all day going, "Oh, we love you, or strictly. You're a dead cert for Blackpool, dead cert for Blackpool." And I thought, "Maybe not," <laughs> <laughs> and I had to sort of grin and bear it for the whole day. But actually, because I don't know how you felt, I mean, I was I was so glad to be spared further indignity. But it was yeah. also I was having such a great time. I loved the other people so much, and yeah, no, I loved that's playing again. Yeah. It was so great. And then you're just given the death flowers and sent home. Yeah.
0: I just, oh, I kind of loved it and I loved it and loathed it in equal measure because it it was just so frightening. And it's that thing, even though I thought I was very good, when I I realized I actually wasn't at all and never could be, it was that thing of going out onto the boring floor knowing that I was 100% 24 carat absolute shit <laughs> and the embarrassment of having to air my shitness in front of millions of people was just it was just tough you know? wow.
1: I mean, it's a good lesson, isn't it? Um, it's a
0: good lesson. Um, you know, we all up. come out stronger, isn't it? Don't so, we? I you know, guess. there are worse
1: things than looking an idiot, aren't there?
0: Oh, absolutely right, absolutely right. So, um, when you—it's so interesting about you're now jumping to um, with you and the Communards and Jimmy Somerville, and that. So, when when was that? Was that kind of early eighties? Late. Yeah. Summer, well, 80s? I,
1: I, Jimmy and I became—we met before anything, of before Bronsky Beat happened. So we met in about 1980, 81, when we first came to London and became friends. And then Bronsky Beat happened, it was an immediate um, chart-smashing success. And then I, Jimmy asked me to join Bronsky Beat to play saxophone as a hired hand I did. And then after about a year of that, we left and formed our own, uh, our own band. So that was about, 19. sort of started going about 1984, yeah. I think. And then we went, limped on until, staggered on until about 1988, 89 I think. Yeah. So it was the sort of middle years of the 80s.
0: Did you Did you enjoy it?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, lots of it I enjoyed enormously and some of it I didn't really enjoy. Um, but you can't really complain about being in a successful pop band. I mean, you can, but you're, it's a difficult, difficult thing to talk about perhaps, but I didn't like I liked the sound checks, yeah. Uh, I found the sort of pressures a bit intense. I found managing my relationship with Jimmy very difficult. the fact that he was rightly um, dazzlingly, you know dazzlingly hugely gifted performer who everybody mm. wanted to see, and being the rather sort of frumpy, mediocre pianist next to him. Was Welcome quite...
0: to my world with <laughs> Trinny.
1: <laughs> but I'm sure you. I'm sure that's not the case. But in my case, it, it really. <laughs> have, standing next to someone who's sucking up all the light. There, I mean, and no disrespect to Jimmy. He just couldn't help being mm. really good. I found that really difficult. I found I withered in it. And I didn't like it at all. Mm. And that was quite tough. But, you
0: know. What do you think you didn't like about it? Because I can't. You I don't... didn't like
1: somebody getting more attention than me.
0: Okay, so you do have an ego, or you did have an ego.
1: Oh, I do have an ego. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's sort of. I hope held in check now by other considerations, but um, no spotlights, and I'm there really.
0: Yeah, and do you so like you're so wonderful on Radio Four? We we listen religiously, and you have the most beautiful voice, and I love I love how you you take a. Um, subject or a question or something and you you distill and simplify it so quickly just clearly it's on the fly and you have this way of simplifying life
1: gosh well it's funny it's very nice of you to say that i mean i wish i could claim that that was the conscious application of technique but it's just not
0: it's a natural gift i would imagine
1: i think for live radio you either get it or you don't. Yeah. The minute I sat down in a radio studio, the light came on. I just really loved it. Yeah. Uh, and also, somebody once said, "Great face for radio." Um, the sort of searching gaze of the camera was never going to be one that would yeah. uh, settle on me for very long. I don't think.
0: So do you, and then you did. You've been doing more television as well. You did that um, arts program, the painting. Yeah, the I area. did for
1: a bit, but I'm not yeah. very good at it. And um, and also, I prefer radio because you don't have to wear makeup yeah. and also if it's live you don't have to do retakes so yeah,
0: That's the, yeah live tv is fantastic so you have to do bloody retakes yeah, yeah. Um,
1: i like the technical stuff i mean i liked all the bits i liked the crew and i liked all that stuff but i don't know i find the whole I think it's just a bit of a palaver for me really yeah. i like it when you get nice snacks in your trailer <laughs> <laughs> so Mariella introduced me to dried fruits. Oh. So there's a lot of dried apricots yeah. and figs and also dried cherries which I liked. Ooh, enormously. never had those. Pumpkin seeds, nuts. Yeah. She yeah. wouldn't I slightly I thought it would be tray after tray of donuts and things, but Mariella is very strict about that and she maybe eats sushi and dried okay. fruit mostly. Do you
0: have a tendency to lean towards a donut.
1: I would, well, until recently I've been on this diet, which has actually gone swimmingly.
0: You um, look I've got to say, you look incredibly well. You are glowing.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Um, uh, I've, lost, I've lost a stone in lockdown. Oh. And I've been exercising, and I've been out of my bike every day, and that's been great, actually, because my tendency, left to my own devices, would be just to gorge on a divan like a Roman emperor. Um, <laughs> and then sort of die of some diet related problems what,
0: <laughs> what school, would that is that your favorite thing to do? do you think lie horizontal and plow your way through
1: a box of it's, chocolate or some crisps it's up there, yeah, Not so much crisps or indeed chocolate, but um seafood I think, oh. and then for moments of um, spiritual anguish, Indian takeaway okay, yeah. Not any of that. So I've been cooking every day, and uh, I'm loving that. And I'm mm. going to try and keep that going because I've just enjoyed it. So my hands are fragrant with Thai herbs and, because I've just made some meatballs.
0: Oh my god, you really are! Have you always been a good cook? Um,
1: I've I've always liked cooking, yeah. but I I got better at it. I'm very fortunate. I had a flatmate um when i was first came to london who was a fantastic and remains a fantastic cook and i kind of learned a lot from her mm. and then i've sort of I, I love i've got some friends who who cook and i just like i like chefs
0: yeah me always too. have
1: done and i like being in a kitchen with a chef that's all. you've
0: done me. master chef haven't you, you do loved chef? It.
1: yeah i loved it
0: that's amazing i've done it too did better As a, with MasterChef than Strictly.
1: Yeah, me too. I was yeah. better. Although I did set fire to the professional kitchen that I was working <laughs> in. You would? What happened? Well, That's I was on the wok station, and I got a bit carried away. And John, who is the bloke, he's a lovely man, a Cantonese guy, who, mm. was, um, who was working the woks, yeah. he could do two by operating the gas control with his knees. And I said, well, I can do <laughs> that. I just got a bit carried away. I was doing this lovely um, scallop dish. But I just hit the bat, and it all went. And then the fire, and then the the uh, burner, and it anyway. There's a fire blanket. I mean it's Oh, fine.
0: God, the shame! Yeah, the shame. But um, so with your um, on that, do you you wore the we do we do we wear? I can't remember. It's just the apron we wear and our normal clothes on that. Isn't
1: oh, it? we had white chef whites with a white. name badge. Although I noticed now they embroider the name on. Yeah. Um. We were really bad. I, I made uh, big friends with Neil Back, the rugby player. He was just yeah. an adorable man. And he and I and um, Ricky from Enders, He's not called Ricky, mm. but I always think Ricky from you know, I mean, yes. we, um, we broke into the water room. <laughs> and we wanted to see who the other contestants were. <laughs> and so Thank we you. found the list. We found all the badges of the other people. It was just one name. So we had to work out from the single oh name. Oh, my
0: God, how brilliant. Who the other
1: people were. But we had wow. such a great time, and I yeah. the people were so adorable. And uh, I made tremendous friends with Jimmy Osmond,
0: okay. which was, which was yeah. wonderful.
1: And he gave me makeup tips, which okay. have been invaluable.
0: Yeah, of course, I can tell, actually.
1: No, not so much today. But <laughs> Jimmy, of course, who was you know, doing TV from the age of about three, uh, was absolutely brilliant on um, tips and techniques of being in front yeah. of the camera
0: amazing and did you wear your dog collar throughout yes
1: but it, i mean it soon got lost because i turned to be an extremely messy cook <laughs> and uh, my workstation always looked like there'd been a um, a bomb and mm. and i covered myself in stuff i mean i still do actually i not i just seem to get i've just i've been working with honey Today.
0: So, oh, you've been working with honey. Okay.
1: Uh, just covered it. You know that thing where you get a bit of honey on your hand, you don't realize it yeah, you go and it goes the thing. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. dogs are all sticky as well. Oh my
0: God. So when you when you're um okay, so let's say you've got honey all over this and you're gonna change into something ca- casual, what what do you wear? Or are you always in your dog collar? Are you want in your dog collar now because you're doing this? Or do you Well I just I'm in the vicarage
1: and I'm always on duty, really, so I wear my dog collar here although actually locked down a bit we weren 't seeing anybody, so i um, didn 't for the first time since I was ordained, I just started sort of slobbing out in shorts and uh, like a friend perry shirt, and I have a splendid new pair of sandals for the dog What about
0: the sandals well, what are the sandals like
1: they look like David, my part, my late partner, he always—he oh. never used to let me dress myself because he said, he said I could go to I don't know Armani and come out looking like a geography teacher who'd just been made redundant. I <laughs> just everything I touch turns to front. <laughs> and so the sandals, he wouldn't have allowed them. He wouldn't have let them in the house because they—they do look a bit chocolate. Yeah,
0: David, I Rohan trousers,
1: really... the other sort of thing I mean. Oh yes,
0: yeah. so I do. You please tell me you don't wear socks with your sandals.
1: They would be improved by socks.
0: Oh dear! So what have you got out. on your feet now, Richard? But well,
1: I've just got socks on because underneath, here I've actually just got jeans on and I've been in the kitchen and I'm <laughs> covered in stuff. Um, but oh. this is the bit you see. The thing so, I love like, about it's a great, it's a brilliant uniform dog collar because it really is. It's just a piece of plastic. That's it. But you can be identified from a mile away
0: it isn't is amazing that, isn't it? so you just don't ever have to think about what you're going to wear
1: well you do of course because clergy get very pernickety about variations you know that thing about <laughs> it's all about the details so the size of your dog collar the kind of dog collar no. the height of your dog collar no. what it's made of all those things will be no. very very ruthlessly judged by other clergy
0: so uh, this is fascinating so if you got Is yours a a mini, a medium, a large or extra large dog collar? This
1: is absolutely, what this says is liberal Anglican Catholic. So it's a black shirt with a tunnel collar which you can slip in and it's not, it looks like a Roman Catholic, um, or bog standard, uh, all sizes Roman Catholic priest look and it's always black, which is the strict rule which I um, observe. But if I was dressing up, then I might have uh, a bigger half-inch collar you could even get an inch okay. collar. But that would be a full collar fastened with a kind of butterfly thing at the back onto a shirt with a stock worn under a category. It looks super smart, but it's very fiddly. But that's what I'd wear for best.
0: So why, what's the, why do you have a wider one than for best, for party, party The higher day. the and collar, yeah. the
1: more high church, really. So okay. the higher the collar, you're sending a signal about where my alliances are, where my allegiance lies, okay. what part of the spectrum I belong in. And also, there's something about, I had a boss uh, my last parish where I was curate, who was the vicar of Knightsbridge, He was just impeccably turned out, a very handsome man, and he just always wore fantastic stuff and looked brilliant and was effortless and never flapped or flustered. He was just a Rolls-Royce of a vicar, and uh, I could never be like that, but he did make me up my game a little bit. I bought Mm -hmm. some cufflinks. Mm, nice you would know about double cuffs and that kind of thing yeah i do i I don't know about that david was very strict about that too but you gave up on on my dress in the end
0: so so double you have yeah you should really only wear cufflinks with double cuffs
1: oh i would only wear them with double cuffs but um, i don't have that many double cuffed shirts it's just a little bit too much of a faff although i have to say one of my great indulgences in middle age is i have someone do my laundry oh wonderful
0: Okay, nice. Yeah. In the vicarage? or she
1: comes to the vicarage, yeah. Okay, yeah, nice. she's a friend of mine and she
0: does the vicarage. So what's, when do you get flummoxed by what you're going to wear? Is there is there any situation? Because I suppose you don't, even if you're going to, I don't know, the radio awards or something, some black tie event, You that's what you'd wear.
1: Well, I put on my... Highest degree of cassock wear, if you see what I mean. And I would also wear this, which is one of my favourite, favourite
0: things. Yeah. Oh, shut up, Rocky. Hey, shut up, sorry, Richard.
1: This is a cincture with falls. If you can see.
0: Oh, and that goes, oh, that's very cassock. It goes around
1: your Planning for your next trip?
0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. So you never, so you never veer off the the holy path when it's your when it comes to dressing.
1: And when the other thing, once you're ordained, you never have to think about what you're going to wear ever again. I mean, yeah. I I used to quite often wear suits, and then when I got I got friends with to be friends with Jean Paul Gaultier. So this is when sort of Gaultier was in his first. Uh, burst and really? so I used to wear like, a lot of that stuff you know the kind of double-breasted jackets with the wide shoulders yes. and, and I was very thin in those days so I used to wear that a lot a lot a bit mm. um, but I always looked like mutton dressed as lamb really and then I found um
0: <laughs> no ram dressed as lamb not mutton
1: not ram dressed as a hobbit yeah. dressed as lamb um <laughs> and uh and then now I just my biggest indulgence now, in terms of dress, is pajamas, because okay. there's this wonderful company called British Boxers who make the best pajamas and nightshirts that I've ever come across.
0: No, I've got to write so that, that. What's it called British Boxers? British
1: Boxers, and they make um, pajamas and nightshirts. I've just got my summer nightshirt of chilly late, so I've been moving to my autumn nightshirt, which is in grey herringbone flannel. That's smart. My summer one is in sort of crisp cotton, mm. but they're just really lovely and. I'm very happy to wear my pyjamas and my dressing gown and slippers and then in the winter have a fire and the dogs and, and that's lovely I like that.
0: I think I might have to um, join a convent I love this idea of never having to worry about what you're wearing.
1: Well I don't know some people I think I think it would be very a very dreary um, wardrobe for some but it does take So much of what we do in this job is kind of fixed. So, for example, if you wear a dog collar, you can pretty much walk in anywhere and no one will challenge you. Mm. And I think it's just because they have this sense, some sort of, even it's unconscious idea, that you are like being a policeman or something, or a paramedic, that you can just, you don't have to explain your reason for being somewhere. Do
0: you think many people have tried to smuggle drugs dressed as a, into the country, dressed as a priest or a...
1: I think it's probably quite common. Nuns, yeah. apparently, so fake nuns, um, yeah. absolutely stuffed to the gills with condoms Not. from Coke yeah. would be a big thing. But I think <laughs> it's probably beyond – but you know what? So, I was at Heathrow a while ago, Terminal 5, mm. and I went through – security. I was pulled out of security. You know, they randomly – I was in a dog collar. They randomly pulled people out. The three of us were pulled out. There was me. Um, there was a Sikh gentleman wearing a turban, and there was a Buddhist monk in saffron robes. It was like just subtract the religious ones, because I think they probably thought if anyone was going to be, you know, had their lower intestine filled with Class A, it would be people dressed up as
0: religious. You're joking. That's extraordinary. So, my darling, when you've have you, as a when you've been, you know, you joined the clergy, have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction? As a priest, or did have you have wardrobe malfunctions that have happened before?
1: I once got the elastic on my maniple caught on a chalice and sent it flying across the altar of sacrifice, spilling the sacred blood. well okay We had to sort of what's a maniple? Start. A maniple. is a short. <laughs> it's like a small. It's like oh, a sort yes. of napkin that's worn over the right. It's very, very old-fashioned, but we used oh, to wear yeah. them. So you have this embroidered thing, but it's fastened usually to a little button with a piece of elastic, and I got my elastic caught on the chalice, and it went flying. That was bad. I've seen more wardrobe malfunctions than been the cause of wardrobe malfunctions.
0: Okay, malfunction. tell, me, tell me a couple. of lovely one,
1: when it was an ordination, and one of the new ordinands, they have this thing called the tat shop, and what happens is when you're at theological what? college,
0: the tat shop, shop tat shop oh, tat. so when
1: you're at theological college and the kind of weeks before ordination all the, thea- all the theatrical all the theological <laughs> outfitters they come round with a stall and you go and you buy all your kit. and if you're
0: it's paying, like a uniform shop
1: kind of but it means the first time you wear it is literally the day you're ordained so you turn wow. up in the cathedral to be ordained it's the yeah. first time dressed up like a becca and it's quite a sort of interesting moment but one I went to one of the poor boys who hadn't really worked out thought he'd wear a purple shirt. But mm. unfortunately purple shirts are only worn by bishops. <laughs> so if you're a new deacon and a curate turning up on your first day wearing the shirt <laughs> of a bishop, it sent the wrong signal. <laughs> and it had to be sent sent home to change. You had to borrow somebody else's shirt. But that oh, was a good float
0: point. Oh God bless him. That's amazing. Oh Richard. But well, I just you you just I mean, you must be unique in the world, being this, having been a, you know, an openly gay ex-pop star, not just a pop star, but an openly gay, which at that time was always a pretty, already a pretty courageous thing to do, and then, and to have had the career you've had, and then to now be a priest and to continue, you know, your your work within the media is quite extraordinary. You probably think it's just normal,
1: which is you? what happened. I mean, I'd love to claim that I had some brilliant plan, but it just what happened, one yeah. thing after another. I mean, I suppose I must have made some choices along the way, but I wasn't really conscious of doing Yeah, it.
0: yeah. No, it's amazing.
1: And yeah. you end up, don't you think, once you get to, I think, past 50, I've discovered that maybe it was more predictable than I thought, and that's because I realised that I am my mother and my father, mm-hmm. and I am my grandparents, and I am Kettering,
0: yeah, and I've crazy.
1: always sort of been in revolt it's against some of that, wanting mm-hmm. to be not that. But I am that. And I, mm-hmm. now I'm very happy to be yes. that. When I came to find him, where I'm vicar, I'd been here for a couple of weeks and the archivist turned up. And he found out that two of my direct ancestors had been vicars in the 17th century, which I didn't know. No. Yeah, really? it the same parish, yeah. That's, so it was that's very
0: extraordinary. Yeah. So you are where you're meant to be.
1: It feels like I'm where I'm meant to be. Oh. Yeah, I love it here. And uh, it wasn't... I thought cause I, before I was in central London, and I kind of thought I would have a career in central London in a smart parish doing all that. And I loved it where I was. But actually, when this parish came up, I just had one of those moments of recognition you get occasionally in life when you think mm. this is the counterintuitive but compelling choice. And mm. I'm really glad I took it because I've, I've been very happy here.
0: And um, so now with, so you, well, how long have you been there? How long have you Ten been? Ten years. Oh, goodness. Okay. So you had David with you. You He sadly passed away in December. Is that right? Last December? Yeah. yeah. And have at any point you want, thought, I just want to get out of here and start again somewhere else?
1: Oh, yeah. But I, I kind of, that sort of escapist impulse is an escapist impulse. And I know that I would just, If I were to go somewhere else, I would take it all with me anyway. So, you know, I'm not susceptible to that. Um, But also, I also know that um, I'm six months into widowhood and I've spent a lot of my time with widows in one way or another. Mm. Though it's different when it's you who's being the widow. But I also know that just don't change anything drastically because a bomb has gone off in your life and everything's all over the place and you just have to find a way of kind of moving forward really so that's where i'm at now it is
0: wonder it's like um the aa principles where and and, you know it's one day at a time easy does it and don't make any drastic changes because you i think with any big change or trauma in your cases but you might change in in a in a way you don't expect when you come out the
1: other side also you're mad but you don't know that you're mad because it's very difficult to get through the day thinking oh i'm mad so you i was thinking about it today actually the day david died um after i left the hospital i went to the co-op in thrapston because i just needed to get bread and milk and stuff yeah my brother very kindly came with me so I went into the co-op to get essentials and I came out and I looked in my bag and i bought three kinds of Parmesan. Mm. So I was going through the motions of stuff, you know, yeah. but I was completely mad. And just and, totally
0: unaware of anything. Well, it's, I was in yeah. shock, of course. In so, shock,
1: exactly. Yeah. And it took a while before I could even, I mean, I was just so fortunate I had... Um, one of my closest friends, she came up to stay and took great care of me. And then some friends took me in for Christmas. It was just before Christmas that David died, and I couldn't face yeah. it. So they took me in for Christmas, and they were just so kind and, and generous and understanding. Yeah. And so other people take care of me.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's it. if you're the person who you know through your role is the one who people think of as a caregiver. It's quite interesting to become a care receiver. It's very good, actually. Mm. I
0: think it's it must be very hard for you to not you but being being a priest and for men I think especially it's very hard
1: to ask ask for help and some people just don't it's an interesting one in this role people are so used to you being the caregiver that they yeah. don't get that maybe you're not able to do that right now yeah. because and so I think I sort of but I was clear about that. Um, I, I mean, normally I was an you know, inveterate attempt, I mean, a people pleaser and also yes. wanting to be a good boy scout. But yeah. I realised that I simply couldn't do it. Mm. And, and I was clear about that and that was good. And the people around you know that too. Um, mm. So it was, I mean, I was, just so, I was just so grateful that they were there because mm-hmm. I was completely bananas.
0: And you do you feel now you're beginning to? I mean, six months is still is still very recent, but do you feel you can not go to bed at six o'clock in the evening? And
1: I'm still bananas, well, actually, but yeah. I kind of know that I'm bananas, and I and I know a little bit more about one of my parishioners. She lost her husband, who's the same age as David, forty-three, a year before I lost David. So we we kind of. Triangulate our experience a bit. And, and she's six, she's a year ahead of me, if you see what I mean. Um, so I think you just, it's a, it's a question of like, you begin to. Somebody said the other day, and they didn't, they didn't mean it unkindly, it was just, um, just hadn't really thought of it, but they said, um, Are you getting over it? And of course, you, you don't get over it because it's not like the flu, it's like losing a limb. You adapt, and
0: yeah, you just have to get used to
1: life being different and okay. uh, not as good. But you know,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine your situation. You know, having you having gone through what you've been through. But I can, I can think of if I think about it, I would sort of want you know if, time, if times are a bit shitty. I kind of want to go to bed really early to get to sleep, so that. I kind of weirdly think it makes time move more quickly because yeah. you've got that day behind you. Okay, that's gone. Yeah, yeah. On to the next one, and time is a great healer. So it's yeah. kind of I spend as much possible as time pos- as much time as possible sleeping.
1: your daily timetable changes so much. So I would um, I would do a day, and then I would sort of have some supper and feed the dogs. I get into my pajamas, light the fire. And I'd look at my watch and it was six o'clock. Wow. Because, yeah. you know, it just, you just get to the end of the day sooner if you're doing it on your own.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I'm more, I've sort of done The other thing, I can't read. I, I I just can't read. I haven't been able to read since David died. And also, I'm finding it very difficult to engage with box sets on the television. There's something about concentration that I just can't summon up at the moment.
0: So, have you been listening to audiobooks and
1: listen to audiobooks that's good yeah i'm learning the accordion so i've been i've set myself um i've always wanted to play the accordion i know this is a very niche desire but uh so i've been learning the accordion in lockdown and i'm enjoying that enormously that's been good you know it's just it's a thing i have a lesson i practice i do a new piece and i'm I'm
0: can you get lessons on YouTube or something?
1: Well, I was seeing, I'd started seeing my teacher, Yanis, who's um, a Latvian chap in Thrapston. Yeah. But um, since lockdown, he's over 70, so we've gone on to um, Zoom. So mm. I've had Zoom lessons, that's been fine. I quite like Zoom stuff. We have Zoom chapter meetings, we have Zoom Saturday live meetings. Mm. Zoom... Is that
0: how you do Saturday live on Zoom? Well, we, getting... have a, we have a meeting how are you on a Friday. That? How no, no, it's doing... live. Oh, so yeah. we, were,
1: we were doing it live from Broadcasting House all through lockdown. Oh, okay, yeah. So I had this bizarre experience of every Saturday morning. I'd get the 6.24 from Wellingbrook to St Pancras. Mm. And very often I was the only person on the train. So I'd arrive at St Pancras and it really was, you just think, well, where are the zombies? Because it's just the end of the world. Yeah. And I can remember standing in Euston Road one morning about 7.30. Yeah. And there was not a soul. It was, and it was just like the beginning of a film about... So bizarre. Yeah, so bizarre. Yeah, I mean,
0: I remember, yeah, I had a similar thing where I had to pick up my, it just happened. My son was in Newcastle and he couldn't get back down. And so I drove up to go and get him. And there was not a single, not, not another car, literally not another car. And then I went on the same road, but not going quite so far north. And there was about four cars. I felt so resentful. I was like, how dare you be on this road?
1: It was probably Dominic Cummings taking his own
0: (laughs) Exactly, it probably was. So, um, Richard, have you had, is there any article of clothing? It's probably not so much an article of clothing, but for you, which something which is physical, which has given you great comfort over the last few months.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah. It's this. Oh, it's so beautiful. So, this is David's ordination stole. So, uh, when David died, it's a custom, if you're a priest, to be buried in vestments. So, uh, we dressed him in um, an owl, and then we gave him a chalice and a pattern, Mm. the cup and the dish, some silver. And then, his ordination stole, so he could be buried in that. But I couldn't find his body ordination stole, so I gave him my ordination stole. So He's buried in my ordination stole. And then, as sort of when I was clearing up, I found his ordination stole. And now I'm so glad that um, I didn't bury him in this because I, you know, he wear That's it around it. my neck, and actually, it's like a sort of embrace. So it goes like that. Oh, and, wonderful! And it's just a lovely, a lovely stole made by Watson Co. Where the the finest church outfitters in England.
0: So, is all that hand embroidered on there?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, expensive. and they've got this wonderful. There's this place called Tufton Street in Westminster, which is you might know all about this, but it's the the Diagon Alley of the Church of England because Watts and Whipples, the church outfitters, are down there. Yeah, and you go into Watts, and they just make the most beautiful specimens, and they've. The workshop at the back with a team of people in there who've been working there for decades. And it's is an amazing place.
0: So how often do you get a new holy outfit?
1: Not very often at all, really. And I'm of uh, enough. Well, there are I mean I'm due a new cassock soon, but because mm. my curate has I've got a new curate, he's fantastic. Okay. But she says my cassock is a disgrace and that I need
0: to get <laughs> a new one. Sure right.
1: She says it's shiny, but I don't really oh, know what that means. Oh, but my cassock is shiny. That's yeah. bad, yeah?
0: Yeah, that is really bad. That's bad. That means you send it to the dry cleaners too often or ironed it without a cloth over the top.
1: Iron?
0: Yeah. It's iron?
1: 15 years old.
0: Yeah, time for a new one.
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, so she's, she's been quite strict about that.
0: Um, your birthday suit. When I say birthday suit, I don't mean, you know, walking around naked. Um, what is something that you feel fantastic in? I imagine it's...
1: Thing. My top, well, my black tie cassock ensemble <gasps> with my cincture and folds and a high collar is really what? smart.
0: So, black, hang on, will you describe that to me? I'm going to have to look So, this I would up wear now. a black. So, that's cassock. with your cameraman thing?
1: Yeah, with the cincture, yeah, okay. which is moire silk mm-hmm. around the middle. Yeah. Lovely with these silk tassels, very pretty. Mm-hmm. And then I would wear a high collar, but it's one that sticks out over the top of the cassock. So, it just looks very subtle and elegant. Mm-hmm. And then I would have the bib stock in Russell cord underneath, which we would be really nice. And that would be worn with a white dress shirt, with white cuffs, double cuffs with cufflinks. Um, I've got these really nice cufflinks that belong to my great grandfather. Um, and that would be my outfit. And also, I'm very fortunate, I live in Northamptonshire, because you know, we're shoemaking yes. a tradition around here. And also, my, my family were all shoemakers. And I was given by someone, I. Uh, anyway I've got my first handmade pair of shoes so I'd wear my black calf oxfords made by trickers Trickers, yeah
0: amazing yeah. Oh, Richard well I can't think I, I kind of could sit and talk to you for hours I've got to say I'm just so in I want to say goodbye but I don't want to say goodbye but I'm just so interested by through your being being a clergyman, how much you know about the sort of the finesse of making clothes? Like you just men- mentioned something cord. What's that? Roll cord. Russell cord. Russell cord. What is that? It's
1: uh, it's like a very very it, it's it's just really pucker Russell cord and the sort of best stuff that we wear. But it's not, not like
0: me- Roy.
1: No, it's not. It's a very, it's much, much finer than that. So it doesn't look like piping. Yeah. It's just a very fine, it's called Russell cord. I don't even know what it is actually, yeah. but I just know that I love it. And um, and if you can afford it, it's good to get stuff in Russell yeah. cord.
0: Is this a tradition that's passed down through family yeah. still? So making... making. Um,
1: oh yeah, I mean Whipples and Watts are the two sort of, and there's a new one called Juliet Hemingway, Juliet makes stuff. And there's a lovely one um, up in Newcastle. Um, which are these nice ladies who do a sort of um, a more economical uh, a J&M, they're called, and they're these yeah. really nice Geordie ladies, and they really? do all the stuff, but they do it for people on the more of a budget. Watts is yeah. expensive, but if you can afford it, or if someone's going to buy it for you. I was very Helen Fielding, creator of Bridget, Bridget Jones, yes. bought me all my kit. No,
0: really, go away. Yeah,
1: because when Helen Helen and I are old friends, yeah. before she was um, successful, she was really having quite a bad time, and I was a, a pop star at the time. So to cheer her out, cheer up, I took her out and bought her an outfit at Joseph, which she really liked, and it was just really great.
0: Generous, yeah.
1: And of course then 20 years go by, and then all of a sudden she is enormously successful, and I'm going off to get ordained, and she took me to Watts, and she bought all my stuff and ripples and bought my whole kit, which yeah, was so generous of her. Just fantastic because I bet it
0: costs a bloody fortune.
1: Well you get a grant, a roving yeah. grant when you're ordained from the Church of England, but it's not uh, it would be it would cover budget items, but mm. there are if you're a bit dressier than that, it can get enormously yeah. expensive.
0: I can imagine, but wonderful thing to have. And have you kept any of your Jean Paul Gautier outfits or anything from your communard
1: days? No. Mm. I wouldn't fit into them. No and but- also I don't, don't, I don't know where the old clothes go because I do get very attached to things. Mm. And when I was a boy, I used to wear things until they were literally tatters because I loved them so much. Mm. Then all of a sudden they just go. And I think, where on, earth does, where on earth did that go? Where on earth did that go? But I suppose they just gradually go to the back of your wardrobe and then, I don't know, they're absorbed yeah. into the air or something. Of or to Narnia, maybe. Do you keep old stuff that you love?
0: Oh, no, I know. I I really I identify with what you're saying. I I don't, but then I mean I do, and I do I do because I've got daughters. So there are things which I do keep, which as well as no way I, I can't even get my leg into it, let alone my whole body. Um, but yes, there are so many things. and I think where where is that? You know, I'd maybe mm-hmm. look back at old photos, which isn't very often. But I think where the hell is that dress? And I have no idea it's like my dad was an amazing um he loved clothes and um he was a real aesthetic and he loved beautiful things and he bought me um i was going to some party somewhere and it was an old a vintage dress which had been worn by bianca jagger it wasn't her wedding dress but it was something like her wedding dress no and i was thinking Oh, that would be so great for one of my daughters. No idea where it is. I, I don't, okay, really <laughs> shameful. This is really shameful. I don't know where my wedding dress is. I've lost my wedding dress.
1: That's bad. Mm. That's bad. Um, the other thing I like to, because I'm by various, one of them I'm the Chancellor of the University of Northampton, so I get to wear a Chancellor's robes. Now that, if you're dressy, is just, you look it like amazing? a Time Lord. It's black and it's covered with gold and Frogging and these things that hang off it and festoons, and you look. I think I look magnificent. Although, my I was a bit when I, I did a funeral a couple of years ago, and I was walking down the hill from the graveyard, and I was wearing my cloak and my cassock and a beretta as well.
0: Oh, and I, know, yeah.
1: Well, I was rather dashing, and a bloke yeah. went past in a van, and he leaned down and he went, Oi, fucking Dumbledore! And <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I wasn't cutting quite the dash I thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was not expecting. <laughs> so funny! <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. They just—I mean, people in vans and on and men on buildings. sites, they just have a. Well, I I once I was walking down the street and this, I heard this wolf whistle. And so coming from this building, I was like, so I turned around, they went, no, not you, lad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have a friend who was, was walking down the street in Yorkshire, and uh, he was wearing a cassock and everything, but he was with his wife. <laughs> and so they're walking down arm in arm only morning, him all dressed up very sort of clerically. And somebody went past out, and shouted at her, Oi, monk whore! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear. oh my god that is literally that's the best thing I've heard for months for years that <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. God, that is too far. Oh, fuck. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, my darling, Um I think we should say goodbye because we've been chit-chatting for an hour now. I don't know where time has gone. Oh, yes, yeah,
1: so we have. Good. It's lovely oh, to talk God. to you.
0: I feel so, I feel wonderful after speaking to you. So, oh, thank, well, thank you for
1: you. that. I enjoyed it very much and I feel greatly uh, boosted myself.
0: Oh, you are amazing. You really are amazing. And don't ever forget it. And um, yeah.
1: Nice to talk to you.
0: All right. And you. Take care, Richard. And you love. That's love. Bye.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.